Hey everybody, Zeno here. Welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like the Hulk. Just angry. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Uh today on the show I get pretty angry, actually. Um I'm just I'm generally kind of angry, so I'm projecting. I'm owning the fact that I'm totally projecting uh on this episode. So chances are I will come back and fix this at some point or not fix this episode, but like just probably do another episode where I'm a little calmer. Uh, I'm just dealing with a lot of frustrations. Um, it seems like I'm dropping the ball and then, you know, things around me are kind of dropping the ball. And then like, I'm just kind of really annoyed by every human being I come across. <laughs> Everyone is too focused on other people. Uh, and uh, just making things more complicated than they need to be. Everyone's out for themselves in like the worst ways sometimes. And it's just, it's all maddening and it's all culminating for me in this need to express it. So this episode is an expression of that. Um, the actual topic is about normalizing mental health. And uh, I talk about teenagers at first. We talk about how um, current teenage culture is using um mental illness as a means for social leverage. And it's kind of fascinating. But then also in the second half, I talk about uh, normalizing in terms of my personal frustrations with it uh, in society and some of the terminology that we use a little bit casually. We're going to dive into the terminology in another episode this week later, but uh, talk a little bit about OCD, anxiety, and depression and how people interchangeably use those terms for when they're just kind of like sad or feeling anxious about a thing that's coming up or, um, you know, they just like to keep their house clean. Uh, you know, so it's versus, you know, having to tap something six times. Right. So before they do something else. So it's like that differentiation and I'm expressing it through anger because, you know, you see articles and you don't hear the emotion behind it. And, for me, there's a ton of emotion behind it. I've been dealing with this for decades and I've been hearing the same responses for decades and I'm sick of a lot of it. <laughs> I'm sick of so much of this discussion being simplified um, in a way that's unhelpful and I'm not normal and I don't want to be seen as normal because that's just not what it is. Um, I don't want special treatment either. So it's real difficult and it's real nuanced, right? So it's a real challenge to have this discussion to both help mentally ill people, but not look down on them, right? So that's a challenge, but we're going to try to break down that topic as much as we can. And I'm sure this is something we're going to keep going at because I need to continue to work on the, uh, the words behind this topic, because I want to really come up with a succinct sort of statement that says, stop being a brat <laughs> about this topic. Be thoughtful, please. So that's, yes, we're going to do that. We're going to hit the button and do the thing. Welcome to dopamine. Enjoy the show. Let's go. Drums, all right everyone welcome to the show hope you guys are doing okay um trying to use this show as like a decompressor today because i've been madly frustrated um really i don't know today i haven't been like flat out 
angry and frustrated in a long time. So today I'm trying to work through that. Uh, it's not in relation to the topic at all. This is just like I've been dealing with like Facebook ads and trying to get things to work. I hate the Facebook background ad user experience. It's so frustrating. Uh, it's It's inconsistent when it comes to like desktop versus mobile and sometimes it'll just say hey this doesn't work and it doesn't tell you why like there's zero feedback and it's really maddening um so uh, i appreciate you letting me vent on that real quick before i start the show um today though i wanted to talk about the normalizing of mental health uh within I'm going to kind of split it up into two. I was just going to talk about uh, teenagers and the normalization going on in there, but um, also in adult culture and sort of in reference to an earlier episode I did with like millennials and um, kind of leaning into self-deprecation. And I think there is some misusage of terms in terms of like anxiety and depression, which is going to kind of lead into a future episode this week that we're going to do that. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, uh, um, uh, blanking. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, uh, casual terminology, casual psychological psychological terminology, kind of being used in everyday life. You know, someone saying like, "Oh, I've just I've got so OCD. I just love my house being clean all the time." You know what I mean? So we're <laughs> we're going to talk about that a little bit later this week, and uh, I'm still kind of working on some of the episode titles, but uh, for the most part, we're going to kind of play in that realm this week. So. Uh, today, uh, so I came across this topic when I was, uh, there was a Reddit thread where somebody asked about what is, um, you know, they were asking teenagers specifically, like, what is the big problem that you see in school these days or in teenage culture these days, which I guess you would call Gen Z or, you know, whatever the next thing be, you know, below millennial is in terms of like age group. Um, and for the most part, it seems like the common thing, like there was a lot of issues. Apparently there's like a, like a mini vaping sort of nicotine thing going on. It's called like juuling. Uh, so if you're a parent, you should probably ask your kids about juuling because <laughs> that's apparently like this little tiny thumb drive sort of vape thing that kids are using to uh, smoke nicotine and nicotine's apparently becoming uh, a, a real problem with the younger kids supposedly. So, um, yeah, you'll probably hear crazy news stories about that in the near future. Um, other than that, the one of the major things that came up was people talking about um, uh, uh, kids essentially using mental health as almost a status symbol in a weird way. They were there were a lot of the 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 wording that was used was in reference to like. Uh, saying that, yeah, I have so much anxiety or I have so much depression or like, I just want to kill myself all the time and sort of making light of it and making fun of it. Um, but also using it as like a social tool. Like there was somebody who literally said that this, there was a girl that they knew who would just like invite her friends over like, Hey, let's come over. And, and do you guys want to like cut ourselves <laughs> and stuff like that? And it's like this weird it's this weird almost internet meme version of the emo movement in the early 2000s. I mean, I don't think it's anything new when it comes to teenagers, you know, expressing uh, any kind of mental illness or making light of mental illness or making light of, you know, kind of like the 
teenage angst sort of thing. You know, like teenage angst is angst is not anything new. It certainly transforms and evolves as we go through different cycles of like what's popular and culture and stuff. And um, some of the more recent ones that are like really easy to sort of uh, bring to light are like the sort of grunge movement in the nineties and um, just lots of like, damn the man, save the empire type of vibes. Uh, then you've got emo and early two thousands, which is what I grew up in. And just a lot of like cut my wrists and black my eyes and sort of just a ton of overdramatic, almost theatrical, um, you know, projections of angst. And then these days it seems like it's normalizing mental health in a, um, or mental illness rather in a, just kind of like openly casual meme, like um, internet behavior kind of way. It doesn't really mean anything, but <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Um, but it's just really interesting to think about it um, in that way that there are just kids who are just like saying like, Hey, we should just go cut ourselves, but it's not, you know, it's like almost taking the weight out of it, you know? And, you know, humans are not anything, um, this human, this is not new in human behavior. I should probably say, um, it is not new in the sense that like people are always trying to find ways to like brag about themselves. And sometimes you can go in the other direction. You know, there's like almost this, this center spectrum of what is normal. And then you can go towards like the, the upper echelon, you can go one direction and it basically says like, um, you know, you're bragging about wealth and how good your life is. And then you can kind of go in the other direction and almost brag about how like bad your life is and, and saying like, Oh, I've got it worse, you know, like don't feel bad. Um, I've, I've got it terrible. You know, I used to, I had a friend, um, have a friend, she's still a friend of mine. We don't talk as much, but, um, I have a friend of mine who a lot of the times when I was like venting to her, uh, her reaction was like, well, um, you know, if it makes you feel any better, I just lost my job or something like that, you know, something that was like worse, <laughs> uh, than what I was complaining about, or just like, uh, kind of another reason to say like, Hey, stop complaining. Um, which I appreciate her sentiment by the way. Um, but I know that that's pretty common. You know, a lot of people will say that they'll just be like, Hey, you know, if it, if it helps, you know, I've got this shittier thing going on or like I've got mental health issues or I've got this and um, just becomes a competition. And I think that's like, you know, internet with the, the, the internet and kids lives being exposed and like privacy walls basically going down when it comes to like teenagers and stuff. It just seems like it's, it almost seems like a defense mechanism to try to get in front of it and almost use mental health as an excuse for a lot of their behaviors which is almost like an extension of a lot of the millennial stuff that I was talking about, that they're just sort of projecting. I say they, but we, I'm a millennial technically, um, depending on the definition, I suppose I'm 32 going to be 33 in a few days. Oh snap. Um, (laughs) and you know, the millennial projection of their mental health is almost again, like a defense mechanism. And it's like a, it's a, it's a stoic defense mechanism. Like if you are able to get in front of what you assume someone's uh, judgment of you will be, then you basically sort of mitigate their judgment altogether. You know, so for instance, I'm, I'm a short guy. And if I was like being self-deprecating and getting in front of it and saying like, yeah, I know I'm short, like, 
you know, this is a part of who I am or like making jokes about it or something like that, calling myself munchkin or something. I would never do that. Cause that's stupid. I don't like that. But, <laughs> um, uh, but, but essentially getting in front of it is, is an attempt to mitigate it. It's almost like it's another same thing that happens that I've heard when people are trying to present their design work and, or like the food that they make for someone or anything like that. And they say like, Oh, I know it's bad. Or, you know, I I know this is wrong. I know this is wrong. And you're almost like saying what you know is wrong with it before, you know, as, as an, almost as an excuse to say, like, I know what's wrong with it. Um, this sucks, you know, et cetera. So that when the other person like tells them, gives them feedback, it's like not as harsh. And uh, I think maybe that's another reason that kids are like embracing the whole mental illness thing so that they can, um, you know, just kind of use it as a continued excuse to like, you know, to, to not grow as a person Um, or to like kind of lean into the social aspect of it too, and make it like a normalized thing. Um, Because, you know, part of what's going to happen in terms of normalizing mental health as a culture, which I don't think is a good thing, actually, I think honestly, um, actually, you know what, that's probably what I should talk about next, but normalizing as a culture can be, I, I, I don't agree with doing that. I think mental illness is a special case. I think mental illness, while, it, while it's something that is quite common and widespread, it's almost like, it's almost like interpreting emotions, right? Everyone's agreed upon what certain emotion, emotions are, but everyone's individual feeling is different. You can't possibly feel what someone else feels like it's impossible. I think we have like similar expressions of those feelings, but our brain wirings are unique on the way that we approach the world is unique that every expression of it is, is every expression comes out similarly because we're trying to express it to other people who can comprehend things, but um, feeling it like, I don't think anyone has ever truly been able to completely encompass a feeling into words or pictures or art in any kind of way. Like, we're doing the best to interpret it in ways that other people can understand, but to fully feely, to fully feely, to fully, uh, to fully express or to like literally give those emotions or those mental health feelings, mental illness feelings to someone else is impossible. So there are going to be a ton of misinterpretations and it happens in society all the time. People are saying like, Oh, I've got such anxiety and, really anxiety is something that keeps you from doing things in life. Like it, it is a major disruptor in your life. Like right now what I'm going through where like I'm losing, I've I'm leaking money left and right. I've got negative in my bank account. Um, I feel like a lot of stuff is falling apart in that respect. And um, I've got a bit of agoraphobia going on. I've got a lot of things happening in a way that is um, genuine to me. And I'm not just trying to attract attention. And I think that's the difference. And um, I think what's going on is kids are seeing it as a means to attract attention and they're fully embracing that. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take a break and we're going to talk a lot, a, a little bit more about um, embracing this uh, or rather talking about the normalization in, in general culture, not just teenagers. Okay, so welcome back. Um, I'm, I'm, I should preface this with saying that I'm still kind of working through 
not preface because I'm halfway through the episode, but <laughs> to preface at least this next segment with saying that I'm still kind of working through this topic. You know, I haven't fully formed ideas around it, so we'll probably revisit this in the future. Um, but certainly the normalizing of mental health is a tricky, tricky concept. It is something that like we want to make known that it's a thing, but we don't want necessarily people to get so used to it. You know, normalizing is implying that people get used to something, you know, um, normalizing bad behavior, for example, and people just get used to it. So we don't do anything about it. And that's not what we want to do as a culture, especially with mental illness. I don't want to be ignored. I don't want my problems to be ignored. Uh, that's exactly the problem that I'm having. That's the reason I'm having this show. That's the reason I had the show on Friday that was like incredibly emotional and vulnerable because I'm endlessly frustrating by people taking what I'm saying about mental health and assuming that um, I'm reacting to something, you know, and mental illness is not a reaction. Mental illness is not a reaction to a death. It's not a sadness from a loss of a job or uh, stress, just a simple stress based on everyday activities. This is uh, brain wiring. This is mental chemical madness going on. And regardless of what's going on, and it's like, it's like mental illness is the cause of a lot of bad things or, or a, uh, uh, yeah, like a, like a, like a cause of things to kind of go wrong. Like it, it's mental illness can cause you to have difficulties with keeping a job and keeping a relationship, but it is not the symptom of losing a relationship or losing a job, for example. So if I lose a job and then I go through a sadness or, or difficult time, that is not depression. That is grieving. That is a different thing. You know, grieving and depression are very different. Depression is like nothingness. Depression is like, you know, not being socially, not it is something that causes social difficulties and causes loss of jobs and causes, etc. So again, um, and, and because of that, it is easy to see that and embrace that and use that as an excuse. And that is, again, the challenge is expressing mental illness and expressing that you have this and this is a difficulty and it's a disability, essentially, that um, both, you know, it both doesn't make someone inept, but it also doesn't make them normal, right? So I think that is the challenge because like as a mentally ill person, I don't want to be seen as broken, but I'm also not normal. I'm not a quote unquote normal person that can just be in any environment at any time. I can't be in any social situation at any time. I have to have, I have to work through my boundaries. I have to make sure that I'm cultivating relationships in my life that allow for me to continue to live and survive and be a person. And I can't just take any job. I can't just go work at Wendy's because then I will just, I will lose that job too. And I will fall apart uh, even further. Um, so it's like, it's like what mentally ill people have to deal with is, um, is, is an addition to what a lot of normal people have to do with, you know, when you have like sadness, grief, loss of something, um, those are normal emotions. Those are things that you work through. But when you're dealing with depression or any semblance of mental illness, you go through that also 
behind the line. Like you're already below the line in terms of the way that you feel generally. Um, and then you experience life difficulties and you're already just further down the rabbit hole, right? So you're, it's compounding. And I think the tricky part is not saying it in a way that says, woe is me, feel bad for me. But in a way that is like, you know, I, yeah, this is my life. This is what I deal with. I have to find unique ways around it. Um, I have to be aware of it so it doesn't take over me and cause me to walk off a bridge, you know? And I have to be aware of it in a way that is protective of my energy with the people around me and the way that I talk to people about this stuff. Right. And, and it's a reason that I talk about it on this podcast because I don't really get any kind of sensory feedback. Honestly, um, if I was getting a ton of feedback, you know, this might be a completely different show who knows, but, uh, uh, the reason I can do this show and talk about it and people appreciate it and listen to me talk is because I have no fear at this point. Right. Um, I, I, I care a lot about what people, I don't care what people think. I care about their interpretation. I care about what they learn from their interactions from with me. I don't care about their perception of me and what I do with that. Um, I care about specifically what someone will learn from their interaction with me. And I also care about accuracy. I care about accuracy in a relationship with someone. So if I have a friend and I'm constantly telling them about what's going on in my life and they give me a lot of the same advice over and over again, like that's not nurturing and fostering the relationship. That's just them reciting something that they feel like they need to say. And I think that's the challenge is making sure that we're trying to dive into the nuance and accuracy of this conversation around mental health, because Again, like recently, it was on that Friday that I posted that last episode, and I was really frustrated, and still am frustrated, but it was pretty funny, actually, <laughs> to get responses from people who are well-meaning and well-intentioned and people I love and appreciate in on my, my Facebook feed, um, who are really great people that I've taken time to create boundaries around and like cultivate a group of people that are supporting me in my entrepreneurial endeavors and this podcast and stuff like that. Um, but even then, you know, they respond to it with the assumption that my emotions are a reaction to something that, uh, somebody said something to me and made me feel bad and I'm having a rough day or something like that. Um, because that's what, ha what happened to them. But, um, it's really hard for people to comprehend that, like as a person who is mentally ill, uh, I just don't care. <laughs> um, and maybe that's part of my personality too, honestly. And that's why I've been diving into like the Myers-Briggs stuff to try to continue to differentiate, like, what is me just not caring versus like, what is me as a mentally ill person not caring? But like, they would just say things like that. Like, you know, don't let other people bring you down. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't. <laughs> like it's not them. It's me. It's, and it's not something I choose. You know, it's just like, I wake up one day and everything is, I just want to jump straight out my window. That's all. I can't comprehend it. It's, it's a, you know, maybe there is a depth in there to comprehend and extract, 
but it really just feels like a mess of wires and it's just impossible to understand why it is that that feeling exists. And that's why I get so upset about people who claim they can cure depression with like eating better or just going for a run. Those things absolutely help if you have the capacity, but like you can't even get there sometimes. Like it's two 30 in the afternoon. I haven't eaten anything yet. And I didn't even realize it. <laughs> like I've just been kind of, uh, you know, I've been better than I was on Friday, but like, I'm also still, still in this spot of being really frustrated. Like I'm still fragile, you know? And, um, with this Facebook frustration, like I kind of woke up today feeling okay. I felt pretty good in terms of, um, I just had things that I was going to work on. I was going to do a podcast episode, maybe two, because I have friends in town on Friday. So I need to do an extra episode one of these days this week. Um, but I ended up tinkering with this Facebook ad stuff that's driving me nuts for one of my clients. And it's just, it took me like three hours. And now I'm just like totally thrown off and um, discombobulated. I'm going to try to go for a walk after this and reset. And that's the reason I'm doing this episode is to try to reset. Um, but, uh, you know, the normalizing of this is, you know, it feels like a good extension of what I was talking about Friday. It's just essentially being frustrated by the public not understanding and not that they need to, but, um, uh, well, yeah, I think they need to, <laughs> I should say that. Um, but it's not in a way that becomes normalized. You know, it's not, uh, I, I always say that I'm doing my best. I'm trying the best that I can, but I also sometimes need an acknowledgement that like, yeah, I understand this is rough. You know, this is hard and, uh, it's a challenge and, um, I'm here for you, you know, just, a and, and not a brush off of any kind, like, yeah, you know, depression's tough, man. Like maybe you should try going for a walk or maybe you should, uh, you know, desensitize or, <laughs> you know, uh, any, any one of these like kind of worldly expressions of what you can do. And it really, sometimes depression, sometimes mental illness feels kind of otherworldly, right? It feels like something that has happened to you. It feels like a parasite in your brain. And it feels like everyone else is crazy because they don't understand you or vice versa. And, uh, I, I, you know, I just, I can't see that as normal. It doesn't, this doesn't feel normal. So like, I don't want to express it as normal. Like, yeah, I have depression. Yay. <laughs> no, fuck you. <laughs> fuck that. You know, I'm, I'm really, that's why I get really annoyed at like these sort of, teenage and millennial expressions. And I sound like an old man when I say this, but I get kind of annoyed at the generalizations of like anxiety and depression. Like I was, I was depressed for three weeks and I'm like, Oh, congratulations. I've been depressed since I was fucking nine years old, bro. <laughs> like it's, it's, I don't think that's what you were dealing with. And I think the challenge is uh, it, there's just so many challenges there. Right. Cause I sound, I sound elitist. But at the same time, like, I'm just frustrated. I'm really frustrated that, like, people will assign the word depression to being sad. And I think, honestly, understanding that – I think – okay, I, I'm jumbling. But I think what needs to happen is there need to be kind of clearer lines and borders between – it with the public education of mental illness – 
because like we, you know, we focus on mentally ill people and trying to help them and trying to move things forward. But the quote unquote normal people of the world are, you know, sort of softening the expression of mental illness by also including normal everyday feelings into the mental illness discussion. Right. So if you're talking about, if you're just like, if you have a test tomorrow and you're just like, Oh, I'm, I've got so much anxiety around my test tomorrow. It's like, that's not anxiety. That's just being anxious. There's an emotion versus a mental illness, you know, having a anxiety disorder is very different from being anxious about something that's going to happen soon. Right. Like having OCD and needing to tap something six times before you leave the house is very different than like, Oh, I need to make sure that everything around me is clean all the time so that I can just be better every day. Like, no, that's just, <laughs> that's very different. OCD and I've been hearing that being thrown around. I've used it myself ever since I was a kid. Also, I've heard it all the time and it's very natural and it's very normal for people to do that, but it desensitizes the conversation. It makes people not understand what OCD actually is. And when someone says that they're OCD and actually is actually has to tap something six times before they leave the house, like, no one takes that seriously. They don't understand what that means. So it's the same thing with depression. It's the same thing with anxiety. And I think my my I think my anger for today is kind of coming out in this episode. So I apologize. This is a little outragey episode. I'm a little angsty today. But it's just I'm just so mad about it. I'm just really fucking angry about the 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 just the generalizing, the normality of 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 everyday people using mental illness as like some sort of crutch to like make them like be lazier, you know? And, and honestly, if you feel like you have something and I'm not saying that you, it, it's, it's going to, I'm not saying it should keep you from trying to explore that, right? If you're a person who has seen yourself as normal most of your life and you're having a challenge with trying to figure out like, Oh, maybe I do have some ADHD going on. Maybe I have some, um, maybe you have some bipolar disorder. Again, it's hard to tell because you're not going to see a lot of outward signs of things. Like you may be feeling things and not be able to know them. Like I, I may have had ADHD my entire life and not being aware of it. And I'm still trying to learn that. Right. So, um, but I'm not going around like saying that like, Oh, I was hyper today. <laughs> it was my ADHD flaring up because like I have not been diagnosed with that. So, it's just not responsible for me to say that, but it's responsible for me to explore that. Is it responsible for if you're dealing with like, if you have anxiety for seemingly innocuous things, like nothing, just and like anything that's important. Like um, I, I would consider like answer, not answering phone calls and not, and not doing, you know, like phone anxiety or not answering the door or being anxious and scared that someone's going to have come at your door some at, every day. Um, break into your house or some semblance of paranoia in situations where you really shouldn't feel that, then you should explore it, but don't explore it on your own. You know, the, this, this self-diagnosis is not helpful to you in your future because not only are you going, you, you're, you're going to 
self-diagnose and look on these all these websites that are also self-diagnosing and you're just going to only perpetuate the echo chamber and the stereotype of feeling that but if you go to a therapist and you actually talk to a doctor and you start to learn about like the differences between you having a uh uh an anxious moment versus generalized anxiety or an anxiety disorder, then you can start to learn the specific paths and and the ways that you can go to learn how to, to continue to nurture and cultivate that. Right. So um, at the end of the day, it is going to be all about making sure that you're just not taking the usage of your, the, the, these mental illness terms lightly either if you're someone that's dealing with mental illness or someone who is anxious and trying to learn if it's an anxiety disorder, like there are ways that you can just take those things seriously. And I think as a culture, we can work a little bit better to take all of these things seriously. Uh, There are kids always talking about making jokes about suicide. You should go kill yourself saying those things like that. Um, And, Um, I want to go cut myself or like I was cutting last night or just saying anything in relation to mental health and not taking it seriously, you know, taking it as a boy who cried wolf thing. I think if we took everything a little bit more seriously, we would uh, be sure to use those terms seriously. So um, I'm going to have another episode later this week where I talk about that in particular, because I want to do a little bit more research and, and, um, just kind of uh, uh, get some perspective on um, other terms and other usages of that, but it's kind of a preview, you know, OCD, anxiety, and depression are pretty common, even bipolar. And I get personally offended (laughs) when someone is like uh, complaining, using bipolar as a term to explain someone being, um, uh, 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 what is the term? What's the word? Um, someone being inconsiderate or being loud or being mean or being just a a hurtful person in any kind of way. They're like, Oh, she's being so bipolar. Like, fuck you. (laughs) Cause that's stuff that is not accurate and real maddening. So I don't know. I'm mad today. I'm mad at, I'm mad at myself. I'm going to be honest um, for how life is going these days. I'm mad at um, humans for making things more complicated than they need to be. Uh, I'm mad at people for continuing to let other people dictate their lives, their trajectories, their appreciation for themselves and the things that they love and appreciate for taking their life for granted. Um, And I think that's why I get passionate about this discussion and the mental health discussion, because I'm fighting for my life every single day. And then I see someone complaining on Facebook about how they can't, uh, you know, they're, they're just, or they're just not appreciating, you know, something that they've done. And they're just like, "Eh, that's okay. Like, fuck you. You did an amazing thing. Appreciate your life. Appreciate what you're doing. You know, just because your mom doesn't love you, it doesn't say something the right way, doesn't give you the right to continue to beat yourself up to. Fuck. Ah. <laughs> just kind of. So, I mean, that's another. I'm just mad at that. I'm mad at this generalized normalization mental health discussion. I'm just mad at a lot of shit today, and I'm putting it out there. So, bring it.
you, you got something, <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just cycling rapidly into a, uh, into my hypomania because I kind of want to fight everyone today. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to go cool off, um, work through this, but I hope you enjoyed this episode today. <laughs> well, I work through all of these angry feelings um, and try to just fix some stuff wherever I can. I'm going to go for a walk and literally go buy some shampoo with quarters. That's where I'm at. That's, that's the dream. <laughs> I've got some things brewing, so it's not as terrible as it sounds. It's actually pretty terrible, but um, things could turn around in a week. I've got some deals in place that could move things forward. So um, yeah, thanks for listening to dopamine. Thanks for listening to me rant. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate you guys. This means a lot to me for you to continue to listen to the show and to be here with me and to listen to me work through these topics and share my opinions and perspectives and things that I learn and share uh, tomorrow uh, as a, just to kind of break it up. Cause I'm not going to immediately go into the terminology thing tomorrow. I'm going to talk about the call of the void, something that I've been really interested in researching because the call of the void is something that like when you stand at the edge of something, you feel this natural urge to jump. And I've experienced that. And I've actually explained that to people and they don't really, they're like, what? That's weird. And I'm like, yeah. So every time I see an Instagram picture of someone sitting on the side of a Canyon or a mountain, I'm like, ah, I could never do that because I just feel the entirety of my being telling me to jump. And I don't, I don't trust myself to like to do that, to do that. So we're going to talk about the call of the void tomorrow. I think there's a French term for it. I'm going to look it up. I'm not going to try to remember it off the top of my head, but, but yeah, that's it. We're going to wrap up the show. I hope you guys are good to each other. Be good to yourselves first and foremost. So you can be good to other people. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, go to the dopamine, go to dopamine.life. Uh, you can support the show monetarily as well at the same link. And if you go to cnotes.media, you can check out all of my courses and stuff. And then there's like sprinklings of social media links and all that stuff throughout that whole dealy dolly, dilly bobble situation. So that's it. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. Boop. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.